welcome to Koshian Cast, the weekly sports anime fan podcast. My name is Matt, and joining me today is a special guest, Matt. Hello! Hey, how are you? I'm doing good, how about yourself? I'm alright, you know, I always feel better when I recognize that I don't have to talk about Clean Freak Aoyama-kun ever again. <laughs> um, so we're going to be doing our fall season preview today, looking forward to what's to come, but you know, whenever we do these wrap-up uh, episodes, we like to look back at, at first on a few things that have happened over the last season. Um, right. The first thing I want to acknowledge is that this is episode 52, which means that, you know, we've been doing this for 52 weeks straight, you know, that this marks the beginning of when we, we started with the fall season of 2016, right. and um, we're back. I know, it's just insane. I can't believe we've actually kept it up for an entire year. Yeah, no, it's it's surprising to all parties involved. Um, so I think, yeah, <laughs> our, our actual numbered episode one was when we just did a summary of, I think, summer 2016. Right. We had those three shows we went back and marathoned. Um, but yeah, so it, it's kind of funny to be back back where we started and think, what a crazy season fall 2016 was with Yuri on Ice and Haikyuu and so many I, other shows. I know? don't know if we could... I don't even know if we could handle another season like that. Like, that was just... Like, we have yet to see, like, such a packed season like we did last year. I know, yeah. there We were doing eight shows. Oh, man. God, <laughs> was it that many? I almost... Jeez. Yeah, I mean, admittedly, also, we were a lot less efficient at the time, so our episodes were, like, an hour and a half, an hour and 45 <laughs> minutes long. Like, d- way too long, you know? Not, right. You know, just really unpleasantly long is how I would describe it. Um, but hopefully, you know, we're starting to tone things down, and as long as we keep our prattle to a minimum, we do that. But, but yeah, so I just want to thank, you know, everybody out there who's stuck with us, whether you've been with us for the full year or whether you're a recent arrival you know we really appreciate it um like we always say you know this is something we enjoy doing for ourselves but it makes it a lot more fun if other people uh can get involved as well um, yeah and so one one way that that people can get involved of course is by uh sending us a message either through our facebook page or our uh email account or which is koshiancast at gmail.com we you know for the last season we've been doing a question of the week we got a couple questions from fans but you know we've also just been asking them to each other if we don't get an email but this week we did get an email uh from a listener and so we want to go over that so first off thanks uh, to susan from tennessee for writing in and i'm just going to go ahead and read uh her her message to us, and then we can go through it, all right? Okay. All right, so, hi, Matt! Exclamation point. I love the exclamation point. Appreciate that. Hi, Susan! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> can you count off how many sports anime you've actually seen where female characters actively participate in their sport? Not as a manager, not for fun or for friendship, but for real competition. And competition must be physical, not a battle of intellect. Uh, she says that she can only name three... Baby Steps, Nights in the Area, which I've never seen, um, and Welcome to the Ballroom, which she says, yeah, it's shaky because, you know, there was there there is that female dance partner, and so it was all but unavoidable to have a woman participate. And so she says the reason she's asking is 
Women are so poorly represented as competitive athletes in anime, despite the fact that Japan has many great female athletes. Number two, even sports where women are perceived as being dominant, like figure skating or cheerleading, they're still not given any consideration (laughs) as support characters, like Yuri on Ice or Cheer Boys. Um, And so she's mostly looking forward to adding any answers we have to her to-watch list. So we thought it would be fun uh, to do this as a mini draft we're not going to go through extensive plot summaries on any of these but we'll just go back and forth and see which one of us has more um that they can draw off the top of their head and you know when we when we got this email we decided you know we're not going to google this we're not going to do any research we're just going to see what we can remember with our brains um (laughs) maybe glancing at our dvd collections so matt i'm going to be a a real gentleman and i'm going to turn it over to you for the first pick Okay, so uh, you probably know what my first pick is going to be. This is one of my all-time favorite anime. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Chihaya Furu. Uh, this is just a wonderful show if you've never watched it. Uh, just the way it depicts it, like its sport and just the immense amount of character study. Like Chihaya is probably one of my all-time favorite. Uh, favorite protagonists in a sports series she's got like if you've ever seen like something like one piece or dragon ball she's kind of she kind of plays off that sort of trope but in a more realistic setting of sort of like the kind of like yes she's stupid but it's kind of it's not like done to it's not done as a joke or a detriment to who she is yeah um she is sort of idolized she has this sort of like free love of the sport and then uh the male lead taichi also stands as one of my all-time favorite male protagonists as well in an anime just like i just i adore chihaya furu and it is one of my favorite just series in general so i would absolutely recommend that one sure and so that one is kind of you know borderline with what susan said because it's an in it is an intellectual exercise in that it's a card game but i think it kind of qualifies because they do have a lot of depictions of the physical endurance it takes to participate in the sport so i'm going to allow it and then i'm gonna move on to uh say yawara spelled y-a-w-a-r-a or yawara a fashionable judo girl which sounds terrible and i think is just kind of an awkward translation but yeah so that that's one that's focused on um female judo is you know based on the having the uh, olympics in japan in the 90s i think um right it's one of those where i own it but i haven't actually watched through it all so right. i want to get to it but th- that's one to keep in mind matt i uh i'd also like to point out that the original author of the manga is naoki urasawa who's who's an who's just a great author in general he's put out like a ton of great series and yawara i know is considered to be one of his better works too yeah um so anyway uh my next recommendation i have not actually watched this one myself um but uh princess nine yeah that was on uh, my list <laughs> it's funny because i know you've actually watched that one so i think the entire premise of that show is that you've got a female baseball player who's trying to assemble a softball team at no, her a baseball sp- team Oh, a base, not softball, a baseball yeah. team. Like, like hardball, basically. Yeah, well, the, yeah, you're basically repeating the plot. That was, that's, that's the first episode, is that she's played baseball, and she goes to this high school, and she tells them that she wants to form a girls' baseball team, and 
you know, the principal or whatever is like, oh, that's a great, great idea. We, we've never had a softball team. And she's like, no, I said baseball. And so, yeah, the, the, the show is her recruiting a team of female baseball players or teaching other female athletes how to play baseball and then making a run at Koshien. Right. Um, so that's a good one. Uh, along the same lines, the next one I'd say is Taisho Girls Baseball. Which oh, yeah. is about a girls' baseball team in 1920s Japan. Um, it's another one I haven't gotten all the way through, but is sitting on my shelf. Yo, know, I, I think that that's one I'd like to do for a Koshian cast someday, but right, you know, just got to make it a priority. <laughs> um, so I'm pretty much out of choices. Um, I do want to bring up one series. It does. It's it's kind of a half fit in there. Uh, cross game. Uh, it's mm, a baseball. Yeah. It's a baseball anime. It's kind of a... It doesn't really quite fit because the female lead does not actually compete in the sport. But the entire plot of the series is based around the fact that the male character... Like, she doesn't compete because she's not allowed to compete because she's a girl. Despite the fact that she can actually... uh, She's actually a better pitcher than any of the other boys in the series. So the main character actually learns from her. He actually learns how to pitch from her so it doesn't really count but i thought it was an it's kind of an interesting twist on the gender dynamics yeah um Um, all right well i have a few more so i guess this means i win Um, (laughs) so there's the classic aim for the ace oh is that that's a tennis one isn't it yeah so that's like from the 70s and sort of it, it kind of crosses the line between being a sports series and being a shoujo Right. Uh, but it's interesting for historic reasons, although it's very hard to actually get and watch in the West. <laughs> um, another one is the Battle Athletes franchise, which is a futuristic series um, where, you know, it's set in like, you know, the year 5000 or whatever. Uh, and the Earth has decided to resolve all conflicts through comp- like athletic competition. Oh. So it features these girls trying to be the best of the battle athletes oh um, um sorry can i interrupt real quick that made me think of another one actually uh it's called basquatch i think uh that one's actually about uh robot basketball and i'm pretty sure that there are female competitors in that one yeah well there you go um and then the last <laughs> <laughs> the last one i had was ride back um this one kind of shifts as the series goes but it starts off focused on uh, like a, a, a futuristic kind of motorcycle, like mini mech racing, and how right. th- this girl who starts off as a ballet dancer eventually finds out that she has a knack for uh, this racing sport. Uh, so that's a good one, and it's just really fun where the plot goes um, throughout the series. So those are some uh, to keep in mind. There, there are it is it is hard to find shows that you you know meet right. what susan was asking about unfortunately we're always on the lookout for them but you know i hope you can look look up some of those and see if they might interest you yeah um just a note before we dive in uh we've got a couple uh series reviews coming out soon uh you may have seen we released our clean freak aoyama review on friday um we were very excited to talk about that for half an hour. Uh, and so we've still got Dive and Fastest Finger First coming out in the next couple weeks. Um, right. And maybe someday we'll do that Kuroko's basketball review we keep promising, but 
you know. They're just never... I think we've been talking about that since the beginning of the year, so... Yeah, uh, so don't we'll count see. on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and of course, uh, we'll be covering Big Wind-Up and Welcome to the Ballroom into next season. Right. I just want to make a note that because of when the season actually... The, the majority of the shows actually premiere, we're going to have a catch-up episode next week so we're going to catch up on what's come out for welcome to the ballroom and uh so we'll probably do a two episode review for welcome to the ballroom next week and we'll also finish out uh the first season of big wind up so we'll be watching episodes 25 and 26 and then the two weeks from now we'll we'll dive into the fall season itself um so uh the last thing i want to do is just sort of reflect if there's anything you want to point out from this past season that you've been into, whether it's anime or games or, or something else uh, that you'd like to, you know, acknowledge before we uh, dive back into sports anime. Right. So uh, I was watching uh, this past season, uh, A Centaur's Life, which mm-hmm. it's, it's for anybody who's not aware, it's basically a, uh, a Monster Girl series that's been kind of popular Lately, you know, stuff like uh, Dragon Maid and Monster Masume, that sort of show. Yeah. I haven't really watched any of those. I have, but uh, Centaur's Life was kind of interesting. I had a friend who kept telling me I needed to watch it, like, because he had read the manga. And what I got was not really what I was expecting. Um, it's kind of an interesting slice-of-life show that where, in the background, there's this sort of recurring... Uh, there's this sort of ominous feeling you get when you take a note at, like, the background of the series. You see, like, characters that, like, soldiers that are walking around freely with, like, assault rifles. Uh, you have characters who are sort of casually talking about, like, like, rehabilitate, like, quote-unquote rehabilitation camps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's one episode that just sort of blows the entire thing open, uh, with a past that, with, like, with the past where you find out a prominent politician was actually, like, in a Holocaust-style uh, concentration camp. Uh, so the entire point of the series, it, it's kind of meant to be commentary on like modern day Japan, uh, and it sort of sort of shows how like how fascist ideologies have become sort of normalized, and the entire reason why it's depicted as being this sort of standard run of the mill, uh, just sort of high school girls uh, slice of life ty- uh, style of uh, comedy, or you know, just you know that sort of like I think it's like a healing series essentially. It's sort of meant to show just how much these philosophies have become ingrained in everyday life. And it kind of shows how fascism actually comes to rise in society. Effectively by nobody really caring. Right. Hmm. Uh, so was there uh, anything you wanted to mention? Well, I'm still watching My Hero Academia. Right. Uh, well, I'd rather <laughs> I just watch it. So we, we, we mentioned that again. Um, right from last season so loved that it's a great show uh i also uh was watching the dub uh the simul dub of sakura quest right i still need to catch up on that (laughs) yeah so that's that's a great show that i've still been enjoying um and i've been trying i i haven't caught finished the series but i've been enjoying sure dure children um, oh okay which is sort of a it's a very it's a much more realistic slice of life sort of romance show um slash comedy but right anyway it okay. it was surprisingly popular um 
Were there any any games or anything else that stuck out in the last few months? Not particularly. I've just been trying to catch up on my games. I finally have gotten part through part of Fire Emblem Revelations, and then I picked up the Super Nintendo Classic, and that's pretty much been taking up my free time now. Oh yeah, which ones are you playing? Uh, I actually just recently started playing uh, Yoshi's Island again. Uh, the reason why is because so. Nintendo has only ever made the Game Boy Advance version of Yoshi's Island widely available, which is mm. nice because it does have, like, some extra levels that you can't find, like, in the original release. It was kind of meant to uh, give, basically give some of Nintendo's uh, smaller staff uh, some practice on, like, 2D level design. Uh, but it's really nice that they've actually made the Super... This is the first time in, like, years that the Super Nintendo version has been widely available because the Game Boy Advance version just has terrible sound quality. And there's just so much of that game that, like... Like, there's just so much oomph to the sound of that original game and that just can't be captured with the Game Boy Advance. So that's been nice to actually go back and see. Also, some of the visual effects are a lot nicer in the Super Nintendo version. They're a lot more crisp. Yeah. Huh. Um, That's good. Have you played uh, <laughs> Star Fox 2? <laughs> Not yet, no. I I actually went through the rigmarole to uh, actually unlock Star Fox 2. I beat the first level, but unfortunately Star Fox is one of those series that uh, I really just prefer. Like, the only game in that series I really, really like is 64. I, I have tried playing the original Star Fox so many times, and I just... That game has not aged well. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, anyway, do you want to jump into the season preview? The, yeah, you know the please. whole reason that we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> please, let's go. Let's go ahead and do that. So, uh, first show we're covering is March comes in like a lion, season two, and Matt, that one is yours. Oh, it's mine. Yeah. Okay. Well, so it's going to be premiering on October fourteenth. Uh, should pick up directly where season one left off, as season twos often do. Uh, focuses on a high school-age professional shogi player named Ray, who is starting to build a support system with some other pro shogi players, as well as a family of sisters who have sort of taken him in, as it were. Um, he is kind of stuck in a rut professionally and trying to figure out what he wants to do next. Uh, but by the end of season one, he was a little bit more hopeful about having a community and having something to look forward to. And it's just a bit of a question as to whether he's going to break out in terms of Shogi or whether he's going to find something else to be passionate about. Right. So uh, we have kind of an interesting history with this show, uh, with like the first season. So when it started out, you really liked it. I really didn't like it. As it went along... I started to really, I started to really like it. You were starting to kind of dread it, and then it kind of got to a point where we both started to really like it. Yeah, and it turned out to be one of the best things that we have actually ever watched for Koshi and Cast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just excited to see it keep going, honestly, because it like there are a lot of different directions it could go, and honestly, the ending was not. I mean, the ending was pretty much a non-ending because they knew that they were getting another season anyway. Right. Yeah, I I am looking forward to it. I think it'll... I, I don't see any reason why it would slip in quality. It's still based on the same source material, you know. They still there's have the same lot, studio doing it. Exactly, you know. There's a lot to be said for it. It's just a better told story than a lot of the 
the sports shows we end up actually covering um there's a lot more depth of character i think than we usually see right because it yeah so it is a sports anime because it does spend a lot of time focusing on his professional ambitions with shogi and the mechanics of that competition but it's also a lot more than that you know it's it's not exclusively fixated on that it's also if anything it's more focused on trying to show how ray is going to figure out what it means to grow up you know um yeah so it's it's got a good balance of having sports stuff but not exclusively sports stuff yeah yeah um i I think also what makes it work is that the uh the author the original author managed to strike a very good balance between like comedy and like drama Mm -hmm. uh like it it's a serious show and it knows when it needs to like stay in a dramatic moment because i think there's a common problem like with a lot of recent series not just even anime but in a lot of american works too where a lot of times uh a lot of shows don't like a lot of shows that have comedy they feel so insecure about having a dramatic moment that they're just that they always have to interject with like a joke and so like okay everything's okay guys like see it's gonna be fine whereas i kind of appreciate the fact that March comes in like a lion. It can do both comedy and drama, but it doesn't. It, it feels secure enough in its drama that it doesn't need to like apologize cons- for it. Yeah, yeah, basically apologize for being for taking a moment to be serious. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking less forward to <laughs> two car. Oh boy, that one's mine. <laughs> okay, so we got two main characters, Yuri and Megumi. Uh, they are—they exist in the competitive world of sidecar racing. So one person drives, the other person, I assume, is on the balance well, yeah, it's, for the it's sidecar. A, yeah, it's a motorcycle with a sidecar. Yeah. Uh, so the whole idea is that they have conflicting personalities. You know, I, I forget which one is which, but one is supposed to be the cool girl. The other one's sort of the more passionate one. They don't initially get along, but, you know, something tells me they're gonna learn they're gonna learn to get along yeah uh, yeah so i don't as much as i want to be excited for this because hey you know we got we got a entirely female centric uh like sports anime like and the entire premise is meant to be competitive because you know they are in a racing circle essentially they have a bunch of other racers that they have to go up against uh so but they had an advertisement for it. they had like a promotional video for it the entire video was nothing but of, like, just still shots of the girls talking to one another. And, like, they had maybe ten seconds of racing in there. And, like, all, like literally all of the girls were meant to fit into, like, a certain type of trope, yeah. essentially. Yeah, like, it, you had the goth lowly girls. You had uh, the cute twins. Um, yeah, like, with the main characters, you have the the girl with the long dark hair who's cool and calculating and the girl with the short brownish hair who's rambunctious and fiery and so it, it's sort of a little bit predictable you can sort of glance at the character design and you're like well i know what niche this is supposed to fulfill you know yeah pretty much so i don't ha- and it's like and the fact that the promotional video was almost entirely composed of still shots this is not going to have a great budget behind it either. Right. Uh, I don't have any expectations. My only hope is that it's better than Minami Kamakura. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. Um, I don't... And hopefully, like, I mean, it, it, this sort of goes back to Susan's question at the beginning. Like, hopefully 
they're just competing for something other than like learning how to get along better which could very easily become the principal focus yeah and i it could but i don't have really any hopes yeah. unfortunately i've been burned too many times at this point <laughs> <laughs> yes it's so hard to talk about sports anime oh the trials we've been through in the last year <laughs> matt we watched we watched clean freak and we watched minami kamakura all right and we watched days that's okay true. we have seen some terrible things that's true i saw some very terrible things when i watched days <sighs> um Speaking of days, uh, the the last new show that's going to be premiering this season is Robo Masters. Uh, it's going to premiere on October thirteenth. Uh, the The premise is that it's a depiction of college students in a robotics club who are preparing to participate in the Robo Master tournament, which is sort of like a you know, is a like a robotics competition. Um, the interesting thing about this one, and the, you know, the only reason it's getting any press is that it's a Chinese co-production, right? So it's being done through what is it, the Daisy Studios, uh, which I think is owned... no Dandelion Studios. Dandelion, some kind of something. Yeah, sorry, thank it's you. a flower. Yeah, although yeah, Dandelion. Anyway, so. Much like the dandelion, this show may prove to be attractive on the surface, but truly be a destructive weed. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for the pity laugh. No. Um, <laughs> but so it's a, it's a partnership between the the Chinese studio and uh, Gonzo, which is a relatively right. well known japanese studio so, uh, gonzo in particular if i recall they're very well known for actually having very clean animation that was kind of how, what they made their name on back in the day they kind of get mm-hmm. they were actually from what i remember uh they used to be rather infamous because they used to have like really they had really great animators but they couldn't really tell a story very well yeah it wasn't until they actually started getting some better material to work with because they uh they really started to make a name for themselves uh with uh, Last Exile, and mm-hmm. then they also had uh, some a series very near and dear to our hearts. Uh, they did the original season of Full Metal Panic as well. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so we'll we'll see. Definitely, it has some potential. I just there hasn't been a Chinese co-production yet that has been independently good. Um, right. Like there there have been some that have been fine or that have been better than the others but like there there hasn't been one that's really stood out among all series yet so yeah i mean this could be the one like honestly the the promotional video i saw didn't look too bad like Mm -hmm. it seems like the animation is at least of the characters it seems pretty clean and like it, it looks good to me at the very least but I think a lot of this is going to come down to how much we can sort of suspend our disbelief with the interjection of the CG as well as, well, just the writing itself. Yeah, and I have some hesitations about how much freedom they'll have in the writing because, so, this is also made in partnership with, like, the company that runs these robotics tournaments in real life. Oh. Um, So those, like, the RoboMasters tournament is a real thing. Um, okay. Yes, I was reading that. Um, 
Yeah, so there's this Chinese company called uh, Dajang Innovations, which hosts a uh, robotics competition. It's the world's largest student robotics competition, and they're having their third RoboMasters event this year. So this is kind of made to help promote the event as much as anything. Um, So my, my hesitation is mostly born out of a fear that, like, if you're doing this in order to promote an event, you can't really criticize anything about the event. Right. So it kind of it limits how much they can tell in the story because they can only portray the event positively, right? right. And none of the characters can truly be dastardly uh, because you don't, you know, it, it should all like everyone should be there for good and positive reasons, or at least that that's what could happen. I don't know if it'll go that way, but when you're when you're making a show in order to advertise something it makes it harder to tell an interesting story right so i i think we could still see something interesting out of it because i mean just because there's no like real obvious central villain it doesn't necessarily mean that this is gonna just have to be terrible because i mean for example there are i know i'm just saying it limits what it can do yeah i mean but at the same time like there are a lot of sports series that are actually made with a lot of it with a lot of uh heavy involvement from other uh from other institutions like i know for example uh ice shield 21 actually had a lot of help from like both the manga and the anime they had actually a lot of help from nfl japan yeah uh, so, and I mean, that turned out to be, like, a pretty solid series. I mean, that's, again, one of my all-time favorite sports anime, so... Well, well it's your favorite manga, manga not manga. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, I don't know. We'll, but we'll, at, we'll at, see. At I, the same time, they, it's like, this is cl- like, this is clearly something that only came about to advertise something, as opposed to Ice Shield 21, which was originally written to just be a story and then down the line like nfl japan was like hey you know this is actually like increasing popularity in our sport why don't we like get our try and get our hands in this a little bit like Mm -hmm. whereas this was like the entire reason this was bankrolled was to be a promotional series essentially right and i imagine that nfl japan would not be psyched if uh ice shield 21 started talking about the dangers of concussions on the brain, you know? Like, yeah. so it's, like, even though it was a good show, it did limit what choices it had and what it could depict. Right, and, I mean, that's fair, too. Um, so, anyway, so we'll see. Uh, I think, I think two car- like, so to summarize, uh, March Comes In Like a Lion is probably gonna be good. Two Car is probably gonna be bad. Robomasters could be anything. <laughs> Robomasters is kind of our dark horse this season. Yep. Uh... But yeah, uh, then we also have Welcome to the Ballroom, which I know we already mentioned a little bit, but effectively, eh, I mean, we already have some expectations for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll do that, and we'll finish up um, Big Windup's second season. So which we've could... never seen before. Yeah, exactly. We watched the the first season back when it came out originally. Um, so I'm excited to do that with you. We'll talk yeah. more about Welcome to the Ballroom and Big Windup next week before we get into the fall season itself. But, Matt, as always, I appreciate you joining me. I had a wonderful time. Oh, good. Well, I'll <laughs> see you next week. Later. Our logo design is by James Ratcliffe. The theme music is Fly High by Burnout Syndromes, covered and performed by Luke Bartka. You can follow Koshiencast on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and our email is koshiencast at gmail.com. 
Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll be back next week with the best and worst from the world of sports anime. And until then, keep training. Thank you.